You found my hula. Get these kids hula. off my lawn. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. I'm a Dogecoin millionaire. Not really, but I. Jason Smith. So. <laughs> What's going on? What do you mean? Well, here, you so, buy Dogecoin so normally, or something? So here's the deal. Normally we are the show. Uh, we're just a couple people. We're just a couple dudes hanging out who love movies, who love TV. Yep. Love shows and yes. want to share those shows with you. Yes. And we will tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream and where to stream it. Though, what's going on with Dogecoin? Because normally you'd ask me what I'm watching, but I'm interested. So, I'm a sucker for anything on the internet. You know that, right? Like, if I, 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 like, if I, like those things, like the wrist thing. Do you remember when I tried to wear the wrist thing that made me cooler and hotter by just wearing the little wrist thing? And I thought I could make me, like, my lower my body temperature. Remember that? How many times did you get, uh, did you, uh, you know, give your money to the prince? Oh, I never gave my money to the prince. I did almost give some money to one of those things where it's like, hey, um, I want to be your roommate, but I'm from overseas. And I'm going to send you some traveler's checks. Oh, here. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to be able to leave anymore. Um, they, they, uh, I'm not going to be able to move anymore. So can you just send me that money back? Well, you deposited the traveler's checks. Just send me cash. That's fine. Almost fell for that one. Now, you know what I fall for? The for girl sure. goes, just can you send me some gas money before I get there? Ah, ah, and then one. all of a sudden she's gone. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, didn't you need $100 for gas? All right, so tell me about Dogecoin. Okay, so That's Dogecoin. what I want to hear about. What the hell happened? So I fall for a lot of stuff. <laughs> Last summer when we were getting into TikTok, when we were becoming TikTok masters, remember uh -huh. that? That I period do. of time, audience, you remember that period of time when we were becoming TikTok masters? Well, when the process of becoming TikTok masters, mm -hmm. there's this thing on, there was this thing on TikTok that was like, buy Dogecoin, we're going to, Dogecoin, we're going to bring it up to a dollar. And so I bought $500 of it because TikTok told me to. And I thought, well, what the heck? Not smart. What did you use? Kraken? I used Robinhood. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we'll Please get into that on. later. But right, I used Robinhood. I bought $500 worth of it. I uh, I promptly watched it go from 500 to 400 like within the next, <laughs> next couple of days. And then go to 300 Now, I'm a gambling man. I'm from Reno. I'm, I, I'm a casino guy. I know, like, at a certain point, like, the money, you know, if I'm not the value of it there. I might as well right. leave it there because at 200 I'm not taking it out. No. Already lost it as far as I'm concerned, right? Yeah. Like, that's that $500 I invested was lost. I was fine with it. But you're so like, let me buy it low. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So now it's at 200 I'll buy 500 more. Hey, yeah, Nancy. That, that's, it's like, I'm going all in. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't mess around. Hi, Nancy. Uh, what happened? So, so I bought it. I left it there, and it just sat there. And the five hundred I bought was between two hundred dollars and um, maybe three fifty. But now, never anywhere else. I figure I'll just leave it there. Maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go bigger. So, I was listening to Elon Musk last night on um, on Clubhouse. He was doing a big talk about everything, and he mentioned um, how he got kind of caught up in this whole like mentioning Dogecoin on something and not being wanting to mess with the money, but. Why like do you keep calling it Doge? Doge, because it's Dogecoin. It's, it's not, not Dodge? No, it's not Dogecoin. It's, it's Doge. How it's the hell are you supposed dog. to know that? How the hell are you supposed Dogecoin. to know that? Dogecoin. Because memes, dog. I mean, Doge. Go on. Doggo. Memes, just doggo. Just, just please continue. <laughs> Sorry. I'm all, I still dad jokes. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, so I get there, I do this thing, and 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 he's talking about Dogecoin. They're t- I, you know, I, I I had a big talk on stereo yesterday. Really good talk on um on crypto concern the, the whole thing going on with GameStop and all that stuff. So I've been I've right. been on there really talking about that and just trying to figure it out. I don't understand it all the way either, but mm-hmm. I was like, well, and before that talk, I didn't even think it opened my Robinhood. So I opened my Robinhood after hearing Elon Musk talk about it. I was like, oh, I wonder how maybe I got my money back. So I look in there, what I, my five hundred dollars. $5,500. I was not expecting that as an ending. No. Are you me kidding me? Yeah, 5500 bucks. Did you sell I'm it? I'm in my thing right now. And, and, I'm, and like, so I went back on stereo last night because I was like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck to do with this. I don't know anything about this. I was going to text you. I was like, if there's one person who knows less about crypto than me, it's yeah. the guy who I have to help set up his Netflix. Right. And you <laughs> know what I was doing? Sleeping when you text that. I was fast asleep. I fell asleep at eight o'clock last night. Please continue. <laughs> But yeah, so um, yeah, so I but I went and I did another big long talk, and I was just like, "What do I do with this?" And so they're telling me to hold, and I can do that because, like I said, like at this point, that's all casino money. I'm looking at it right now, like I'm right. just a big runner. So I'm going to try and hold on to it for another few days to see what happens. But it dropped by 500 bucks, and I'm kind of mad about it. But at the same time, um, it's got more to like five thousand dollars. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to see what happens because what do you know? I I I, I have a hundred and one hundred and sixty-two thousand Doge coins. Uh-huh. So um, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold it till Thursday. If it's, if it's above 5,000, I'm going to take $5,000, however much that's worth. And I'm going to give it away um, to people that need it. Um, right. they, I promise to hold for them. Um, so I'm going to donate it. You're going to donate it. You're so gonna nice. donate, yeah, I'm going to give it away, but not, not all of it. Like if it goes to a hundred thousand tonight, like by Thursday, I'm not like, giving it away. No, no. The next 500, the next five grand of it, like the next doubling of it, I'm going to give away that 5,000. All because you know, because stereo people were nice. They helped me out. They hooked this me up. That's what I love about stereo. I mean, we should get into talking a little more about stereo, uh, but I, I, I and I want to talk about it because you know I'm addicted to it. You know we do our Friday shows there. I, I love interacting with our fans and also the whole community in stereo. I am very excited about our guest today. I am too. I am very excited. First of all, he's got his new comedy special coming out on They Ready. It's season two. Tiffany Haddish's They Ready on Netflix, which comes out tonight. It's pronounced They Ready. Is that how it's pronounced? I, I didn't feel confident enough to say that. <laughs> it's all right. I just want to let you know. <laughs> thank you. Those coin and they, they ready. ready. Yeah, they, let me tell you something. This guy was born ready. It feels like it should be his special and Tiffany Haddish should be on it. He's Aww. been on SNL. He's been on The Sopranos. He was in uh, Shrekless. I, you know, he did the voice Wait, of Eddie Murphy. A shit in a um, celebrity death match. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Robo, what is it? Robotron or something? <laughs> no, like- no. He does a ro. It's like Robotron. I have to ask him when he gets on. And also, equally as important, I have to say, he is a veteran. So thank you for your service. And I want to bring him on right now, ladies and gentlemen, the infamous hysterical Dean Edwards. Yes, <laughs> they ready. <laughs> they ready. And by the way, that was classic. He he did it perfectly. <laughs> I'm showing Tiffany that, and I'm gonna Please I'm do. gonna make it into a gif. Jason, you just became a gif. I, I love that, man. <laughs> oh, I'm red. Uh, and, and for real, though, thank you for your service. Very oh, much so. thanks, bro. Thank you. Thank six you. Six years in the Army, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, six years. <laughs> I just, it's funny because I just, uh, I gave something. I had to do my top five um, for, for a, you know, we're, we're, we're promotional machines. And so I'm, right. I'm, I'm going everywhere, making sure people watch. They, they ready season two on <laughs> they Netflix. Ready. And, uh, I had uh, so I did my top five uh, for AB Club top five nerdiest things in my home, and number two 
was uh look i'm almost tempted to hold up I got, oh, yeah, I'm, please I'm, please I'm, please i'm grabbing this, this since you brought up since you brought up my service hold up this is ready? fantastic dean's going for it. damn oh look at that look at picture that. Look, next look to the american flag look. and your dress screens my my, my my nerdy you are handsome because, man i love it his, i love it this is funny because you know fantastic. everybody else when, when you are when you're in basic and you're in boot camp and you take your 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 picture and your in your uh your, your dress greens everyone looks serious yeah. <laughs> so, you got this big ass smile on you're like i, I was like jokes for a living i'm flipping the game man y'all ain't <laughs> just i get out of here seriously Word, you know well, did you go to fort bragg was that what you did no basically? i was uh, i was fort jackson fort jackson south carolina columbia south carolina i was uh what was called ened you know what that is no 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 eligible but not enlisted I went through uh, the whole physical at Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn. Uh, Six hours, you know. Yeah. Did you do Fort Hamilton for your, for your physical? No, man. I was I was I was upstate. What I I joined. I was uh, I was in college up in Rochester, and so I had to do it in a uh, physical and everything up in Buffalo. I had oh, to go to Buffalo. So and yeah, dude. It was uh, no fortunately it was it was summertime. It was summertime. Yeah, um, but yeah, I remember that whole thing. I remember cause we went out to a club the night before and they were like, you can't, yo, whatever you do, don't, don't mess around with any women. I was like, why not? They said, because if they find semen in your urine, you're done. I was like, is that really a bad thing? I know. I don't, I don't get it. Where's the, where's the rub? What's the fucking problem? Sorry. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, okay. I knew this was going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> so, Dean, if you don't mind, I want to jump, like, way back for a sec, right? Yeah, you've man. Been, you, you've mm -hmm. been doing this. You know, you were a co comedy yeah. veteran as well. So Yeah, you, yeah, man. You were born in the Bronx, correct? Born in the BX, uh, South Bronx, uh, Bronx stand-up. Uh, born is. in the Bronx, raised in the Bronx, in Mount Vernon, uh, New York. And uh, we, we moved a bunch of times. My dad worked for um, New York State Department of Corrections. So every time oh, wow. he got promoted, we moved, you know, back in the days, Success meant moving further and further upstate, and so uh, away from yeah. So we yeah away from those people in the city, and so we started in New York, wound up um in Westchester, up in Yorktown Heights for a couple of years, and then uh Poughkeepsie for a year, wow. and then and then we wound up in a place called Batavia, New York. Batavia is Greek for three black people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was my third high school because my dad got transferred to um, to Attica. Oh, because it sounds like I was going to ask work, you if work. he was near. El yeah, no, I know what you meant. I, mean, I was going to ask you, uh, like, was that that's not up by Elmira, though, right? Um, past Elmira, Elmira is more oh, is closer to Central New York. So, so Batavia is Batavia is actually the midway point between Rochester and Buffalo. So. It's uh, they call that Western New York, which I didn't know until I lived up there. Cause, cause most New Yorkers past past Yonkers is upstate, right? right. You know, right. past For sure. uh, you know, I was like Lower past West Scarsdale West. is upstate. Yeah, like, if you're past yeah. Scarsdale, you're upstate. Yeah, you have but trees and sidewalks, right? Okay, okay. And I just I learned recently. My mother said, cause I asked, I said, why do we move upstate? And she said, my my nana said, um, you know what? Because they okay, they they uh, were here during the whole nuclear fear, right? And right. so they said they said, you know what? When when you're successful, you either people either moved out to Long Island like your family yep. or moved upstate. And she said the reason we moved upstate is because it's still 
part of the country. They said, if you live in Long Island and anything goes down, you got to go through Long Island and the city to get to the rest of the country. So no joke. You <laughs> yeah, really so do. We in the head. Yeah. You, yeah. Really? That's uh that that's, they got the scare in them. Good. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you end up moving all the way up North. So I want to know yeah. how you make your way back down to the city to start right. your stand up career. Like, how does this happen for you? Yeah, um, I had started, um, I actually started two weeks before Def Comedy Jam premiered, February 21st, uh, 1992. So I actually, so I'm coming up on 29 years later this month wow. um, from the first time on stage. And I was, I was doing it for a couple of years. I'm in college and my dad, he actually, you know, leave it to your father to, to leg swoop your ego, right? He says, uh, he's like, hey, what are you, what are you doing with this comedy thing? I'm like, I'm a comedian. He was like, what was your last show? I said, Oh man, I I had a show two weeks ago. Like, um, I hosted a thing at a church, and next week I'm I'm hosting a fashion show. And he just she was like, "You ain't no comedian. You you're a reservist. You're like it's like the military. You're out of the army, right? You're out of the yeah, army. At this point. I'm still in, but I'm reservist now, right? Okay, so, finishing out. Got you. Yeah. So uh, so then, um, he checked my ego, and he was like, "If you really want to do this, you gotta you gotta go back to the city." Which my mother wasn't happy to hear because now I gotta go back to the South Bronx is what right. I did, and so um, oh, I moved really? back. That's where you, in, went. Uh, you went. Back yeah, to I South went back. Bronx. I went back to the South Bronx, stayed uh, with with uh, some close friends, mm -hmm. and uh, been been in Brooklyn since since 95 man i've been and and just hitting the pavement and i moved down i moved back to the bronx in in june 1995 and i was on tv in deaf comedy jam in november so it, it, it that that right there was all the evidence that i needed um six, six months six months yeah, yeah like, <laughs> i love that you math, like math. One, one month. <laughs> ah, my ah, fingers ah, ah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> holy shit six months so wait let me yeah. ask you this what was what was your first club? You know, like when you got into the city, where's the first place you went and where was the first place you killed? Uh, first club that I probably went to in the, actually Uptown Comedy Club, Uptown oh, okay. Comedy Club up, up in Harlem. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they used to do what's called like a fast break where if you were a new, what we call the new Jack, um, they would bring, they would have like all the established acts come and perform. And then they had fast break comedy where you had three minutes to go on hit him hard, hit him in the head and get out of there. And that's, and that's what I did. And so three minutes I was, I was like, here's my Michael Jackson. And like, I don't even remember. And boys, the man, and it was quick. Yeah. But you, did you kill it? Or did I you killed it. I killed, killed it. it. And, and it was funny because back then, if they liked you uh, uptown, they stomped, they clapped, but then they stomped. So, oh, so you feel, felt the, felt the literal energy of, of people um, applauding you with their feet. That's that's really kind of cool, actually. Yeah. That's a lot of energy to intake. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. And that, that, so at that point, you know you're in, right? Like you're addicted yeah. to this. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. not stopping. Oh, from the first time I was on stage, I'm still chasing the the high from the first time I was on stage. You know, and 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 even you know when when I like doing any TV show always is is sort of invigorating, but shooting my first special with with uh with Netflix and Tiffany Haddish um for they ready season two that that was as close as I could get to the feeling of my first time getting on stage. Wait till the next one, ago. which is just your special. Yeah. 
That's gonna yeah, be yeah, next, yeah. The hours, you got a full hour. Looking funny. You got I, a oh, full bro, hour. I, 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 I locked and loaded. I'm ready. <laughs> right, just give me a camera. Give me a distributor. Yeah, you're good man. to go. Right? Did you have a mentor? Did you have any mentors coming up that were comedians? Um, I came up. You know, my generation of comics that I came up with. Everyone from uh, rest in peace to Todd Lynn, rest in peace to Patrice O'Neill, good friends of mine. Mm. Um, you know, I was just I, I was talking to uh, Billy Burr. Or, or, I've known Billy long enough that I still call him Billy instead of wow. Bill. I refuse to allow him to think he's matured. Um, well, he hasn't, has he? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, no, I'm just know, messing. I, I, I just I do what I gotta do. And we keep it moving. <laughs> um, Thanks, Bill, for stopping by. Go yeah. on. Of course, it's, you know, Dean, Dean asked me to, so I'm gonna. Oh, I met him oh. one time with uh-huh. uh, Saget. I was with Saget at Soul oh, okay. House. He's like, okay. this Bill Barr. He's like, yeah, hey, how you doing? I was like, okay, girl, yeah. I'm good. I'm That's good. It. Bye. Right, right. That's enough. <laughs> Smoking cigar. That's Bye. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was but- thrilled. <laughs> Go on. But mentors, um, you know, people that have, have given me some, like, positive feedback and insight coming up. Uh, uh, Colin Quinn, hmm. um, Chris, Colin Quinn, Chris Rock, and uh, and even Sandler. Like when I was on SNL my first season, because uh-huh. I'm a stand up, I didn't come from the sketch world. And whereas a lot of the the cast members that had come from sketch knew someone, you know. So Maya Rudolph, when she started there, she might have she might have known Will Ferrell because Will, you know, Will was groundling. She was groundling. Right. Um, right. But I knew stand up. So so Chris um, offered me, you know, positive feedback and insight whenever I'd run into him at like the comedy cellar. Um, Colin was was very helpful because um, he he had done Weekend Update and was was the um, you know, the host of Weekend Update or the anchor. Mm-hmm. And so right. I would lean on him and, and ask him questions a lot. And uh, and even Sandler, you know, they, they were all encouraging. Having guys that, that that came through the same circuit I came through did wonders for my uh, for my confidence. Yeah, because I was, that's great that you brought it up because that was my next go-to was SNL, mm-hmm. right? Because this is a big land, right? And how does this, because yeah. you're not, like like you said, you're not sketch comedy, you're not groundlings, you're SNL. Right. No, so no. so what, what is your entree into SNL and how does your audition go and what is that like? Can you just explain? Because that's a big moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, you know what, I and, and, and anyone that's seen me say this, uh, I, I I tell the story often uh, in, in interviews because it's such an exciting story. I, I had auditioned for a sketch show um, remember the the uh, now defunct UPN network, right? Of course, um, you know what Spike Lee yeah. called it. I can't, but you know what he called it in Bamboozled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason I remember that network. Right, it's because right. of Bamboozled. All right, go on. Right. So UPN, they actually flew me to LA to audition for a sketch show, and I was awful. I bombed. <laughs> I was, it was embarrassing because when I got back, my, my manager said, yeah, they, um, yeah, you got to do better. They didn't, uh, I was like, all right, man, you got to do better. You got to do better. So instead of, instead of, instead of, um, you know, taking offense or getting angry, I just licked my wounds and said, okay, I have to, I have to learn that world. And so second city had some classes they were doing in New York, did a class for about three or four months. And then fast forward to, uh, 
June 2001, Mad TV was having auditions, and I had gotten the chance to see Jimmy Fallon and a couple of other people's audition tapes for SNL. And I noticed mm. that, you know, with most sketch shows, they, they do three characters and three impressions in three minutes. It's all the threes. And so in my mind, I said, you know what, my, my strong suit is the impressions. So I said, you know what, let me focus on the impressions and see what I can come up with, put together for the characters. And I'm going to do more than three impressions because if I do more in the allotted time, they're not going to say, no, no, that's that's too I many. You. You know? <laughs> so I wrote a scene um, and I said, this is, you know, this is my impression of a black award show that Chris Rock and Chris Tucker are hosting and uh, Jay-Z and Erica Badu are doing a, a musical duet. And then Denzel Washington and, and uh, Sam Jackson are presenting James Earl Jones with Lifetime Achievement Award. Boom, go. And now I've said it. So now I can just go run through it and, and bounce from, I can go from Denzel Washington to Chris Rock and, and Chris Tucker and just bounce back and, and James Earl Jones and bounce between all of them. And so I crushed the man TV audition so much so that instead of three minutes, she gave, she, she kept throwing. She was like, who else can you do? I was like, I don't know. She's like, Jamie Foxx. I was like, well, you know, if, uh, if you need me to do Jamie Foxx, you know, he's kind of cool. And, you know, we're going to Jamie. She's like, Steve Harvey. I was like, well, I could do Steve Harvey, but, you know, I've never tried to do. But I was just basing it all off of whatever I had seen, you know, in, 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 uh, in, on television. Thank you. Thank you. You know, so. <laughs> so it crushes. <laughs> As I leave the audition, my man, uh, my manager calls and says they want you to come back tomorrow for producers. I'm feeling great. I had a stand up showcase that night. Had a great set. Did the callback. It went well. Two weeks later, I'm on the set of a commercial for um, KFC. A black man doing chicken. Who oh, no. <laughs> no. um, so you, I'm doing man. this commercial. And and my agent calls and he says, we have good news and better news. The good news is Mad TV, they don't even want to screen test you. They're offering you six episodes that are rolled to 13. I was like, this is awesome. I said, well, if that's good news, what's the better news? He said, the better news is the people from SNL were in the audience at that showcase you did that night. Um, so that I just had a summer full of heat. And because... Wow. It, it had worked so well with Mad TV. By the time I did a screen test for um for for SNL, and I was on um, home base in Studio Eight H, mm -hmm. I knew my stuff was was crisp. And and uh, they, I found out less than a week later that I had booked it. And then and then flew to Montreal just for last. So it was just it was an amazing uh it was an amazing summer really, you know. And then uh, my my buddy Ian Edwards yeah. told me. He was like, he was like, man, that's how you're supposed to go to Montreal with a with a job already. <laughs> I mean, this is this is fantastic. And here's the thing, though, and and what I'm bringing up is this road that you've had to this amazing new special that's coming out tomorrow mm -hmm. or tonight. I'm tonight, sorry, about yeah. six hours. Right. They yeah, ready? Yeah. Okay, yeah, they Netflix, ready. Stephanie Hatch. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Thank Jason, you for he did well. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. You ready, Cliff? <laughs> thank you, Jason. <laughs> So Yo, well, anytime he pops it, it feels like those old episodes are laughing. <laughs> you just see a face just like Goldie Hawn. It's popping in. It's my Goldie. So <laughs> but why I'm bringing this up, right? Because this is, you know, you're now on SNL and eventually mm -hmm. you end up leaving SNL. I gotta ask you a question, because every time mm -hmm. I cite creative differences, it just means I hated everybody. 
I mean, when I leave a place, I'm like, creative differences, I can stand any of you. But I right, you're so right. nice, I don't feel like that's the case. Do you mind me asking like, what, what you no. mean by that? Yeah, I'm, I'm no. dying to know as a friend. I, honestly, honestly speaking, it was just a matter of um, they, didn't, they didn't invite me back for season number three. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I, guess, I guess that ran its course. Thanks for the 41 episodes. And, I, you know, I, I still I still got love for everybody over there because, um, you know, it's it's still people still, you know, years later, still um, still ask about it. I think because I mean, think about it, the show's only been on the show's been on there for 46 years. Mm-hmm. There have only been about 150 cast members. There have only been about 20 black people, uh, 19 and a half. If you split Maya Rudolph. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so I'm in good company. I'm and and you know, I I'm I'm not complaining. I know I know there are people that have complained about their time, but I don't come from a position of some sort of uh you know opportunity or privilege where I'm like, how dare they not show me the proper? Yeah, I wanted to get more right. love and get more shine, but. You know, I'm 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 on Netflix now, baby. I got well, no. This is no my way. point. It's why I bring yeah. it up because careers are so cyclical. They're so volatile mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. And you know, you're yeah. going to Toronto. You got the shows. You you know, it's like yeah. you're going with the job, and then it ends after 41 episodes, which is no joke. And then right, right? and and it's like here we are. Thank God, sitting here. Uh, how many years later? And now right. you have this special coming on Netflix, which is like the biggest thing with one of the biggest people, except yeah. for yourself. And and how right. does this come about now? Tell me about this, because I'm very. This was, uh, you know what? His his was funny. I actually in December 2019, I actually made a recording uh, of myself. It's on my Instagram at I am Dean Edwards. I put it up a couple like a week ago. I I, I recorded. I had a I had an epiphany, and I recorded myself. I said. I, I, I'm putting it down on December 11th. I will be recording. I will be shooting a comedy special for Netflix in 2020. And then no, I forgot no, about you it. You got nothing. You didn't have, have nothing you just lined up. I just <laughs> manifested. I just breathed it into existence. And then Tiffany called me in August, called me in August and said, we're doing season two and we want you to uh, be a part of it. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, and uh, and then just was was ready to prepare, and so I just um, what the clubs uh, uh-huh. clubs were great because I was able to uh, you know from having uh, a reputation and rapport with so many comedy clubs in the nation, I was able to have my agents reach out and say, "Listen, he's shooting something uh, in October, and we we need about four weeks of work." So I just every weekend socially distanced, masked up. I was doing shows all over from Minneapolis to Indianapolis. And then we, uh, when it was time to go out to, uh, to shoot it on the West coast out in uh, long beach, we yeah. went and knocked it out, man. And, uh, and, and, the, and it was just crisp, you know, they, I, kudos to Tiffany and, and Paige Hurwitz, um, and Wanda Sykes at push it, uh, productions because they did an amazing job at making it feel, feel like it like covid wasn't even um occurring oh wow that's amazing wanda sykes involved yeah. too huh i mean this is all yeah yeah. yeah man it was it was uh it's it's, i mean i'm it, I, like, like i said i'm in great company and and i appreciate tiffany for uh for reaching back you know she didn't have to she, um she you guys reached known back and um yeah i've known tiffany for for damn near two decades man wow. i you know when when i started going out to la 
Um, we just formed a friendship from from seeing each other in the club. She's always been someone that that um, was a pleasure to, to meet and vibe off. She knows my family, and and uh, you know, yeah, the, you, you, your wife always co-signs, and my wife always was like she's so she's so full of energy, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, you know, and and. Uh, and yeah, for her just to to reach back, not just for like myself, but Tony Woods, who's who, who did an amazing job, Barbara Carlisle, who uh who's been doing this forty four years, and you know, and it was li- is living in uh in Georgia, so wow. you know she wasn't necessarily on on Hollywood's radar, but she is now. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's like it's funny because they're all you guys are all veterans, and yet it's like right. ready, and it's like right. oh, well, it's right. kind of ironic, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah, initially we were like, are they going to call it? They've been ready, yeah, for a long ass time. <laughs> right, but, exactly. But still, it it is bringing you so much more thrusted into this spotlight. Yeah. So yeah. with COVID and everything happening and the vaccines rolling out or whatever, but how, like normally you get something mm-hmm. this big and you're on the road, like you're gone. Right, right, you're right, 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 right. So what do you right. do now? Like, how have you been? COVID Coping with, you know, limited road trips or what have you. Right, right. You know what? Um, for the most part, I mean, everything currently is on is is on online social media, and so you know, I've I've been maximizing Instagram. I I do a Monday Night Live podcast where mm-hmm. I've had everyone from Tiffany Haddish to Jim Gaffigan and Sebastian Maniscalco on I, every Monday at eleven p.m. Eastern. I do something on at I am Dean Edwards just and it initially started as something that I did just to to get out of the monotony of just sitting in the house. But it also it turned into something where um, every every performer I know, because we've had we've had different like tonight, I have a poet on just here more I have a poet on. Um, we all have these different journeys towards our, our different levels of, of success. And so. I like um, sharing that with the world and giving insight to, to you know, up and coming artists that that might not know some of the things that we already know. Who are your favorite comedians? My favorite comedians, aside yeah. from myself, you know, because um, right. I love some me. Um, but uh, <laughs> but my favorites, um, favorites, obviously, uh, I mentioned Patrice, uh, rest mm-hmm. in peace. Patrice O'Neill and Todd Lynn, who I shout out at the end of my set. Um, uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle, man, is uh, uh, Dave is transcended and he's, he's yes. just on on a different planet. Uh, yes. Chappelle, Sebastian, I love Gaffigan. Um, mm-hmm. is a really funny comic. Um, no blood relation, but we've known each other for years. Good friend. Ian Edwards is a great ah. comic. Um, Burr, Billy Burr is an amazing comic. Shoot, Tiffany is an amazing yep. comedically. Wanda Sykes. Um, yeah, it's just like, you know, I like uh, shoot, Paul Verzi. I just did his podcast earlier today, and Verzi is an amazing comic. Like, there's so many comics that people aren't aware of. Um, well, that's you know, kind of that, what I'm talking about. It's yeah, like there are yeah. these great people out there that only comedians know, and then people right, who are regular right. the clubs. Right, Judah Friedlander, Ted oh, Alexander. Yeah, like like oh. just just amazingly talented comics that um, you know, because the world is different than we you and I were coming up, whereas if you popped on TV, everyone knew you, but there's so yeah. many, there's so many outlets now that it's harder to uh to sort of narrow down who who you love, but when you find it, you know you you stumble onto something special, which is why I love Netflix because 
you know, there's something for everybody on Netflix, you know, and, right. and again, taking it back to, to what I love about um, this season of They Ready is we all have such distinctive comedic styles and comedic voices, you know, and so what I'm doing is so drastically different from what Kim Clark and Aaron Jackson is doing and what Aaron's doing is different from what Godfrey's doing, you know, so it just, it's, it's, it's yeah. awesome to, to have so much flavor um, on one under one umbrella or with different like it's like we form voltron right but we all have like <laughs> like such amazing skill set or we all the head Jason was coming up or with we all the head we form right right <laughs> right Wu-Tang. right if they fall out he the head yeah that's right right and i'll form the head <laughs> oh my god okay so we got this special coming out tonight because jason's here so i know that means uh, i gotta let you go so we can he look at me he's like yeah that's right <laughs> did, did, did y'all did y'all enjoy it? y'all watched it or y'all oh, got to are see you it? kidding me so funny thank there, you i don't want to say any of the jokes because i don't want to give anything away right 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 i was going to quote an older joke of yours about jay-z and where rap is right now but i'm not yeah yeah rap is rap has changed since i ain't doing an impression of him on the show i can do him here Yes. Rap is definitely, you know, is we, we came from, listen, when we were coming up, rappers had bass in the priest. How low can you go? And now they leave me alone. <laughs> Rapp, rappers are bu- getting bullied now. Because I feel like that really started with Wayne. Uh, <laughs> it's got high I still laugh. Oh, <laughs> oh my god yeah i love this show i can't wait to watch it again i can't wait oh, to watch it with my man. kid i can't recommend it highly enough tonight yeah. they're ready wait jason they ready they ready they yeah. ready. ready tiffany haddish dean edwards netflix what you got what do you yeah. say and no and i was gonna say that's i'm i'm very proud of the fact like um i i work i I don't make a big deal about not using profanity, but I'm proud of the fact that people actually can watch my special and you can, and your whole family, there's something for the whole family and everybody's going to laugh, whether you're, whether you're your grandmother or, or yourself or your children, everybody can, can vibe out and enjoy it. And I'm, I'm really proud of, uh, of, of this, the first of many comedy yes. specials with Netflix. See, I'm, yes. I'm manifesting that too. You know, we're going to have you back by the end of the next year and it's going oh, to be your goal. special. That's the goal. Yeah. That's it's going to be your hour special. I cannot that's, wait that's, for I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it, man. So thank Dean you, Edwards, Jason. Thank you so, so much, Dean Edwards. Thanks, thank fellas. you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. it. Yeah. Oh, Dean Edwards. Oh, it's so exciting. Day ready? Just, just as a reminder before everybody, I know we let Dean go already, but Oh, it's it's cool. available February technically February second, but that's midnight midnight tonight, right. um, and so it'll be available for everybody. Very exciting! It's really good, guys. Um, the she did the the first season was great specials. This one's better. It's better, and I'm it really is better. Sorry. I agree. There's there's something about the energy on this one that um, I didn't know they shot it on Long Beach, but there's something about the energy on this one that is uh, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I was going to ask him if you didn't pop your head in there about why he decided to work clean because that is one of the great things. He doesn't curse, you know, unless he's. Do you want to ask him? He's still here. He hasn't left. Why? Wait, yeah, I'm yeah, here. I, I heard. That. Yeah. Why did you I, just like? What's the, it's a big decision. Yeah, you know what? I saw when I was when I first started, man, like I said, Def Comedy Jam premiered right after I started. And watching, you know, so many amazing comics on the show, I also realized that the um the landscape of what people were going to expect from uh, a black comic was changing drastically. 
And so I was like, I want to stand out. And then I also happened to see Sinbad um, mm. uh, that that first year I started in front of 3,000 people up at the uh, Eastman Theater in, in Rochester. And, and when I tell you this dude destroyed 3,000 people and and as a fan of comedy, not only am I watching the show, but I'm also watching the audience. And I was amazed and blown away that he had old, young, black, Asian, white, Latino. He had everybody. And so I said, yo, I said, there's something to working clean. And I also realized, because um, Malcolm X said it takes an intelligent man to be able to communicate without using profanity. So I said, you know, if I can challenge myself to to work clean um still i still got flavor and that's that's i don't i don't make a big to do about not using profanity because sometimes then people are like oh it must be corny but i'm like you don't realize it until after the fact and um yeah just once once i uh decided okay i'm not gonna cuss in life it'll just take me a little longer to figure out the right words to use to convey the same ideas now no one can say oh well you can't come here and perform or you you're, you have to watch what you say because i never wanted people to uh be able to control what I'm doing on stage. I mean, this is, but that's a big decision. And you did something yeah. that's, again, it doesn't sound like, you know, if you just say it flippantly, it doesn't sound groundbreaking, but it is for a young comic mm -hmm. at that time, yeah. especially to say, right. you know what? I'm only going to work clean. I'm not going to work blue. It's a big right. deal. So again, I just have... Uh, yeah, because I was a fuckin' so bad mouth kid at some point, man. I was I was saying some things. <laughs> but it's but it's but it's taken me, you know, comedy being able to work clean has taken me from from New York City to to Egypt to Saudi Arabia to to Hangdu, China, and, you couldn't have and gone there, so right? forth. Yeah, and those those gigs wouldn't have happened if if I was working a little bluer. I mean, Saudi Arabia, that's gonna pay a lot. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> right before everything, right before everything shut down, uh, Godfrey and I were supposed to do a two week tour. And uh, I'll say this before I go. Right before we left, it was a lot of money. And, <laughs> and right before it shut down, th there were five. We were doing, we were doing uh, uh, Bahrain, Riyadh, and Jeddah and Saudi, Kuwait. And, and Doha, Qatar. So wow. when, when COVID first started hitting, first they canceled Bahrain. I was like, no, we still have four cities left. Then they said, uh, yeah, we're canceling Bahrain and Qatar. I was like, no, it's still three. Then they canceled Kuwait. I was like, ah, you know, we still uh, we still have the cities in Saudi. And when they canceled those dude for like two 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 months, when the, when the thing hit, I was like, oh. it could COVID couldn't have waited a month? I'd have been good. One month. I, just, just one month. Just one month. Have, as soon as this is over, you're going right back. I'm telling you. They're booking oh, yeah, it right yeah. back. You know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh, you're going to double I, your I feet. Think, yeah, I think airs. after everything ends, I think live <laughs> entertainment, it's gonna once bust. the quarantine's over, everybody's going to be so anxious to get out yes. and, and see yeah, live what? entertainers. I, and, and I didn't move to LA to not go to the Hollywood Bowl and go out to the clubs. That's the whole point. Right. Like, otherwise, you just spend a lot of money for nothing. Exactly. What the hell are you living here for? I could live in Texas and in right. a mansion. Exactly. Be here. Right. Right. You save more money living in Austin or wherever. Hell yeah. Austin, Bakersfield, where there's no stand up comedy. Yeah, I'm the richest guy in Bakersfield. Anyway, I love how you came back on. I saw you there and I saw you, Brian's bride. I was like, no, I no, I didn't. 
<laughs> you know what? I didn't know if y'all were hanging. I never know with these things. I'm like, am I supposed to, supposed to stay on? Or should, I, should I click off? Are we saying goodbye or was our goodbye? Are we already goodbye? We're good. It was the goodbye, but then you were there and we were like, I wanted to ask that. I was actually really dying to ask that question. So oh, thank yeah, God, God you hung around. Hey, let's right. see. This time I'm going to really disappear. All right. Okay. We'll see you later. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Anyways, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, if you are listening to the podcast, it's already available on Netflix. That means if you're listening tomorrow, it's available right now. Go watch it. They Ready, Tiffany Haddish's They Ready, Season 2, Netflix. This thing is hysterical. Cannot recommend it highly enough. Dean Edwards is just a champion. What an awesome. Really, champion. What a nice dude. What a, like, Ooh, I'm so sweating funny. from laughing, dude. Oh, it's so funny. Well, when he's just like going in between all the n- different uh, people at the, uh, the award ceremony. Jesus, he's good. Chris Tucker, Chris Rock. I mean, come on. Jay-Z. That was good. It was good. All right. Okay. So there's two things we need to talk about right now. Talk to me. One is um, the stereo thing is really blowing up. And I really want people to go, know that this is a fun place to be. I'm not, so I'm going to say this right now. Like I, we do talks on there way too much. So yeah. if you can't get enough of us, you will have way more than enough of us. You come check us out on stereo. We're out, you did a talk yesterday about sequels, right? Yeah. I do something with Keith Andrew on um, every Sunday. We either do like we, yesterday was a uh, best adaptations next week on Sunday at two o'clock. We're going to do best adaptations and some worst. We did best sequels, best horror, sequ- uh, best horror sequels, worst horror sequels. So Keith is always coming up with these amazing things. What'd you do today? You did. I did. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Top, top five. five. Top five comedy animated comedy shows, which is not fair when I work at, you know with a, com- a com- animation studio. That has like I could use I could use five from there, but I can't because that's a dick move. And also, right. like, there's also other stuff out there, and they even the people there have worked on other things. So it's like I can't pick anything. I know. But you didn't put American Dad on there. I was. Like, I put it as a, an honorable it. mention. It would have. It would have probably. It, it probably made my top twelve. Mm. There's just so many things. There's just so yeah. many things. It's a hard one. It's, a, it's hard- a hard one, but I'll tell you what the thing about stereo is, and, and all the stuck at home is out there. If you're not already on stereo and following us, please do because we get what I love about this platform more than anything. And there's a lot of things I love is how we get to interact with the listeners. Yep. It's this call in radio concept where you can leave the voice message. We're listening to it on air. And then we get to actually like this. Okay. We get to say something to you when you post stuff, but really we're not really connecting with you in the way that we love to. And, that's a big deal. Plus, how nice is the entire community? It's like there's almost no trolls. No, there, 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 there are. Everybody's really nice, and we get to yeah, really talk supportive. to some great people. And like, you go in there, and you get to see. You know, we have, you know, we have our followers, and we have you guys, and a lot of you, Nancy. We've seen Nancy in there before. Yes. Scott's been there before. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, I'm going to talk with Scott tonight about streaming wars. Oh, that's right. See, so there's all there's always stuff, and we love it. I mean sincerely like love it like my wife is on there all the time you want to you want to learn more about me and my wife or do, do a show called smits and giggles where i love uh, that title man i really love that title smits and giggles who came up with that was that stephanie or you no that was me that's a good one man that's a good one i'm not gonna lie smits and giggles smits i think and it was, giggles. It better not have been her if it was her that'd be cool too but i'm pretty sure i came up with smits and giggles <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, so so that's good. And then um, the other thing I just wanted to tell you guys real quick um, while you're doing that, before you go get some, get some MeUndies, go to MeUndies.com slash. You think they're ready? Yeah, they ready. You know, you ready? MeUndies. Like soft, get some soft. Get soft. It is February now. 
there's new there's new stuff up there. They've got these cute little um they've got these cute little scarves for cats now. Cat scarves. Um, no. Yeah, they do have cat scarves now. Oh I'm my god, am I am I becoming that dude yeah, that I have, just got a cat scarf for Sylvie? Is that you what's happening? You're gonna have to get a cat scarf for Sylvie. Um, yeah, they have them. It's uh, oh uh well, I'm looking through the. Uh, there's so many different kinds of underwear. Okay, so I just want to go through real quick, and then we'll get going because I, I got a lot to talk no, to. Go you go about. go go go! I just want to go through just a list of the types of things you can get in pretty much any style you want. Right now, they're focused on their little uh, olive martini print, but you get a, a, a male a modal robe. Uh, for men or women, lounge pants, which are my favorite thing in the whole lounge world. Lounge pants are the best. The Women's best. lounge pants. Um, you got the men's boxer brief, the boxer brief with fly, which, no, just get the regular boxer brief. Pull them down. Yeah, like what a are you using the fly for? No, use the fly. You're going to get your, What are you trying to do? Wait, is everyone not sitting down when they pee? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Pull them down. <laughs> pull them down. And even if you are, I, I dare you, the next time you go to a uh, to a, a urinal, pull them down like five-year-old style where you're just bare-butted. You're just bare-butted at the urinal. <laughs> bare-butted at the urinal. What are they going to say to you? Nobody's going to mess flow. You know who you don't fuck with? The bare-butt guy. That guy has fucking... He may not have class, but he's got... He's got go no, home. he's got a flow like sea biscuit. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. So you got the men's... Now you got the men's boxer. You also have the men's trunk, which is a shorter version of the of the brief, so that's not quite as long on the leg. A men's brief, which some people can wear that. I got a little bit too much uh, meat down there. I get a little. I can't pull off the brief either. Don't don't yeah. kid yourself. They also have the long boxer brief with fly. So this is you know. So if you want to wear like a, it's almost like a bicycle pant. They have a bralette. They have uh, two different kinds of bralette. Uh, three, four different kinds of bralette. I don't even know what those are. They're bike bras. Yeah, they have women's cheeky briefs. They got they got bikini briefs. Girls, boy shorts, high-waisted cheeky briefs. I don't know what that means, but it feels British. Feel free, bikini uh, briefs, hipster briefs, thong briefs. Wait, hipster briefs? Yeah, it's called a... Yeah, it's called women. Feel free hipster. Uh, uh -huh. Women's boy short. Uh, feel free cheeky, cheeky brief. Mm -hmm. Thong, sock, ankle sock, quarter sock, no-show sock. And then what I was just telling you about, buddy bands, which are like little like scars for your cat. Yeah, but they had them for dogs. I didn't know they had yeah, them they for had, cats. So the dogs was a different thing. They had a whole different thing for dogs. But this oh, is like wow. the kitties. Wow. I mean, this is it, right? You can get the membership, $19.99. There's free shipping. And if you don't like it, it's money-back guarantee. You keep whatever it is. I mean, God, you could buy a cat necklace, a cat scarf, and then be like, my cat didn't like it. And they're like, here's your money. Yep. Keep the scarf. Yeah, because your cat's and, and and also get a new cat, you weirdo who doesn't like soft. He could he could maniac make a case doesn't like soft. Why would you buy that cat? Freak because my out. point is anyone who says that is lying. There's That's no one who hasn't like me undies. They're just cheap and they yep. want their money back. It's yep. so soft. It's a, it's like it's like that old no nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Nobody doesn't. And that's what it is with me undies. Get soft. All right. I have a big question Wait, for you. You have to go to meundies.com, offer code stuck. Stuck. Yes, fifteen percent off. I am stuck on me undies because me undies stuck on me because of the blood. What I don't know. <laughs> Go soft. All right, what do we got? All right, so and thank I, you for I ran across the, bills. the other day that I'm just gonna play while we talk. And it's gonna sit behind us, okay? Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is because I'm really curious what you think. So I was watching a big thing on um, how, how Marvel movies are made. All right, I'm not going to put the sound in here. We're just going to kind of talk about it as we look at this, as we look at the preview. Mm -hmm. But um, so this is all previs. This is all previsualization of different Marvel movies, and you can kind of see the beginning and the final. And I think this is interesting. We do this a lot with uh, 
with uh, websites and stuff when I was in marketing and we were doing little videos for certain type of like, hey, we need to show what this toaster is going to look like. And we wanted to show like, give them some ideas of what to do. And it seems pretty no brainer. It's like the next generation of storyboards to me. Like you're storyboarding this whole show. First of all, and then there's this, this guy, guy Chris I Ed- can't stand Chris you, Edwards. You know why you don't like Chris Edwards and you don't know why? Because him and Ted Cruz have the same hairstyles on their face and, and, and you can't trust anybody who also dresses like Ted Cruz. He's so pretentious. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Ted Cruz. Exactly. Scarf. But so with all this previous, so, you know, it used to be, they do a few scenes, block out a bit, some of the action scenes, but they're getting to the point now in Disney where they Marvel and, and, and Marvel in general, specifically Marvel, but it's, it's happening with everything. I can see this being every part of every show that they do now where they are basically previsiting a hundred percent of the movie. So ba- before the director shoots a single thing, every single shot has been prevised in the similar way. Right. And I, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but my question is, is for you um, being a writer and a director and being in Hollywood, what does that do to the director? Because it feels like you you could hypothetically previous something like Feige or say um, whoever's running at the Russos or whoever's in charge um, could previous the whole thing and then hire you kind of hire whoever. I'm, I'm just curious what this does to the director as opposed to the producer. It neuters them. It does. Yeah, I mean, in my in my humble opinion, I mean, listen, previs is great for an action sequence for really knowing, like, when you want to save money, you can save millions of dollars prevising uh, your action sequence, absolutely. But what they're doing now, and what this what this guy Chris Edwards, who really he just comes off as such a pompous dude, and. He's like, well, it let's directors just be freed up, you know, to like get the best performances and give comments, which is what they really do anyway. And it's like, no, it's not what they do. They make shot lists. And the problem is, you know, they're working with performances, but they're also telling a story through the camera. That's a narrative hand that's being told and when you have guys like these previs guys who now think they're writers and directors and this is how it's going to be i believe they're 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 shooting the whole movie before it's shot and if they're doing that because these things take a while it's not like they do them overnight right jace no they take a long time this is short this can take this could take months if not years yeah, that means just by the sheer nature of how long it takes that they have to start doing this before they even hire a director. Right. And that's where you are losing. And I feel like that's why a lot of this stuff, look, I know I'm in the minority, I'm Mandalorian, but I feel like it's why a lot of this stuff has no heart, you oh. know, or very little heart. Because you are not, listen, I don't think we're getting to a place where you're going to see, you know, um, the descendants prevised. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but what we are getting to a place of is that if this keeps happening, we might not get descendants anymore. You know, right. Quentin is not previsiting, uh, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood. But right. What they are saying is like, oh, yeah, well, we have writers on staff here and, you know, now they're on the set. It's like, oh, they're on the set telling the directors what to do, you know, and Marvel's telling them what to write based on this previous stuff. Look, here's a good example of what we're watching is the Spider-Man 3 movement. And here's a great reason to use Previs Previs other than, you know, saving money on these action sequences is like with Spider-Man, they were very worried about the nausea of the audience. So they can test it with Previs and see what the audience can stand. That's great. So a director can walk in and they go, look, we already tested this. So here are the parameters for shooting this because otherwise your audience is going to vomit. Right. And you don't want that. Okay, that's where, you know, and to me, it should be... Oh, when, they're, when they're doing a coffee shop scene and everybody's just sitting in a coffee shop. Right. And and they're pre excuse me, they're pre these things 
And I find that, as we say in Yiddish, a shanda. Mm -hmm. This is pulling the gut and heart out of art. Right. You know, and just because it's Marvel, it doesn't mean there can't be art. You have some of the best actors in the world doing Marvel movies. You know, you should well, be getting of, and some of the and some of the best directors. I mean, yes. and, when the, and when the right director hits it, you know, like Taika or James can put Gunn, a bit of his own flavor of there, and James Gunn. But you know, I bet you that this. I, I have a feeling this DC movie that James Gunn making is going to be a lot freer feeling for him than this, because I'm sure a lot of this, you know, because it's. One of the things, like you said, it takes out the heart. What it, it what it adds to it all is uniformity. Like you can tell when a Marvel movie is being played, it looks all the same because it's basically the director doesn't have as much say as the people who are trying to make it all look exactly like it used to look. Yeah, these tech dudes, they want to act like they're artists, but they're not. You know, and I'm not saying what they do isn't art. Okay, so let me be clear: they right. are not, they are not storytellers. Right. No matter how much they want to convince the world that they are, they're right. not. And there's something also that's magical that happens on a set, and there it's called a happy accident, and it's yeah. not planned. And the second you walk, and if you in, have it, just yeah. real quick, if you ever have a happy accident on set, you don't have to return those meandies. You just tell them they didn't work. You get another pair free. <laughs> set you right up for it, didn't I? <laughs> I? Walked right into it. But yeah, look at this: seventy-three hundred previous shots just to do Avengers, right? And, and let me say this, they previs that whole movie and it still costs $365 million. So what did they save? I'll tell you what they saved. They saved all the heart. Yep. Because, I, you know, except for them disappearing at the end, I didn't get moved by that movie. Right. You know, but I was moved by Iron Man when Favreau did it. And I guarantee you, if anything, only action sequences were previs right. in that. Right, because there has to be some comfort in the ability to make these things look the way they need to look or feel the way they need to feel based on the actors. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think I could see a reason to previs this movie only because of the sheer number of talent that you have to have and you don't want to necessarily bring a bunch of like super famous people for five, their five-minute set and not have a clear idea of where you're going with it, but not in this way. This feels just like, like you said, like I, I worry about it because then- Empty. All the, well, all of them, you know, you bring the, then what's the point of bringing these awesome directors on? Like, why, what do you need a James Gunn for? What do you need Ryan Coogler? Russo for? brothers. Yeah. The Coogler is an amazing, like, I just watched Rocky again. And <sighs> aside, Creed. not Creed. Yeah. I just watched Creed again. And aside from Warrior, like, th this one was just a pure at the end, like, Joy Cry. Loved. Oh, my God. I was bawling. He did such a good job in that, that, that scene in the middle where he's, uh, you know, where he did the, the one shot fight. You know, the, yes. the three-round yes. fight. Beautiful. Beautifully Ugh. fucking shot. Gorgeous. And then they put him on um, Black Panther, which did well. But when you really look at it and you see what, what's going on, like, I bet you Coogler could have made that better. Of course he could. Compare Fruitvale Station and Creed to, you know, uh, uh, Wakanda. You know, yep. it doesn't... Wakanda has not the heart... Look... I'm thrilled it got made. I was not a fan of Black Panther. I did not like it. That being said, I believe if you let this guy do what he does best, they're like, one of the reasons, you know, and I, I see it as a sales pitch. Now, here, they're, they're showing Nocturnal Animals, right? And that's a Tom Ford movie. Now, I can understand why a guy like Tom Ford, who's a designer, one of the best in the world, uh, wants to previs certain shots of this because as an artist, he probably wants things to look like a photo. You know, and he wants to make sure he's going to get that exact effect. So I could see that, but he didn't previs that whole movie. And had they let a guy like Ryan, who's a genius, not previs all of this, I bet you everything in Black Panther would have more heart. 
I really do. It would have more emotional gravitas. And one of the sales pitch things that they're doing here, which I really found offensive, is, you know... uh, <laughs> the whole thing. But they're saying like, oh, well, it allows, you know, directors who aren't as familiar with action sequences come in and give their flair to it. The fact is, you can still do that without the pre-visit. You know, right. I mean, you, these people, if you bring them on, these directors, like, who didn't have the action uh, experience, you're just surrounding them with the best people anyway, who are going to yeah. walk them through it. It's not like, let the artists do their job, and we'll let you do yours. And that's, I feel like there's a disconnect and it's going to affect a lot of content in the future and not in a good way. Right. And it also, like, does it, it doesn't feel like it can help these directors either. I mean, John Watts, all right. John Watts Mm -hmm. directed Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, both Spider-Man movies and the new one he's going to be doing. And he's done a couple other little things, but in general, Cop Car was his first real breakout movie and then, and Clown, which nobody saw Clown. Nobody. Um, Nobody saw clown, um, but like he's a young, he's 39, but in all, for all intents and purposes, he's a young director, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And he probably, you know, he, his budget on cop car other than bacon salary was probably 10 million, 15 million on that movie. Yeah. Maybe. I think you're being generous. Yeah. But yeah, and, go on. And so then but his next, very next movie after cop car is a $200 million Spider-Man movie. What you're really doing Disney is what you're telling me is you want somebody that's knows how the camera works and might have a little bit of a vision, you know, on how to deal with kids or people. But in general, you just want somebody that's not going to, you want company, man. You're building up a, a company, a, a yeah, stable. I'm so company. grateful. Yeah. But I think also what, what hit me as you were talking, uh, sparked something, which is this. I think what Sony and Disney and Marvel are doing is saying, oh, we'll do have the whole movie done, but then we'll hire someone who, you know, uh-huh. has heart. Right. So we can place their name on it, but we're going to tell them everything to do. And we're going to fool you into thinking, well, because so-and-so did it, it's going to be a good movie now. So I'm excited. And it's not. I mean, James Gunn is the exception. I feel like with Guardians, he did something uh, tremendous. But I also would wonder how much of the first Guardians was pre Yep. Well, also, I'm going to wonder how much of it, because the second one, I know you could tell that, the, that where it lost the thread and where it wasn't James yes. Gunn anymore. Um, yes, Jason, I- good point. And, and I think for the most part, it's still like, you know, you look at what James Gunn did before this, you know, even, even Slither was fucking weird compared to this stuff. So they can't rein him in. That's why I'm really curious to see the DC movie. Cause it's all practical. It looks like an old seventies movie, uh, mm. uh, suicide squad yep. that I think is going to be full gun, right? That's going to be weird. He's going <laughs> to, yeah, he's going to give the loaded gun, right? That's the, the uh, you know. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, did you see that they're trying to remake that? We'll get into that later. Oh, Liam Neeson. Are they going to pre-visit? Liam, Liam Neeson. Uh, I'll tell yeah. you what could be pre-visited. Every Zack Snyder film. You don't even need him. No, oh, yeah. You just, just pre-visit and put his name on it. You it pretty much just, just put it out because that's about what it looks like when it's done half ready. Yeah. Under freeze frame bullshit. Yeah. Oh, that's almost out. Oh, so yeah, I know. It's February 15th or 16th, he said. <laughs> I remember because it's like a dreading day. Oh, that's so funny. It's not going to be good. Um, we got a, we're almost out of time, right? Do we have any news other than the previous stuff? Which I, I just really, want to thanks really for talk about the previous stuff. There's not a ton of stuff going on right now. Um, there is one sad thing. Uh, Screech, Samuel, uh, uh, Dustin Diamond, he passed away today, stage four cancer. Um, what? Yeah, he, he'd been um, hospitalized for a while, but uh, yeah, uh, Dustin Diamond passed away today. Oh, uh, rest his soul. What a rest, rocky rest, road, man. Yeah, for real. Damn, that guy. Well, you know, hey, you can't say he didn't live life hard. 
Yeah, he lived it hard. Right? Definitely and did. He got a lot out of it. If um, nothing else. Go on. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I feel bad. I mean, I you know, he had his he had his things. People, you know, it's nice that everybody said nice things about him when he left. I know that they weren't necessarily just feeling the same way after the book, but you can tell that guy was troubled. And um, at least he, you know, at least he did it his way. Um, yeah, I guess so, and and that's what servants doing too, which is completely jumped the shark. We're gonna dig into that. Yeah, so know. so come Wednesday, we're gonna do a couple things. We get to talk about your favorite show again, Dickinson. Oh yeah, I know. I cannot wait about this. We have the costume designer on, correct? Yeah. So we're going to talk a little Dickinson. We're going to talk awesome. a little servant, but we're going to wait until everybody leaves so we can talk about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. And then on, on, and then we got some, we got some stereo stuff going. Um, I'm trying to pick as many fights as I can on there. Um, I, I, I said a lot of bold things in the last couple of days just to see if I can get in trouble. Give me like, one. Casper had to back away from him. He's like, listen, man. What'd I you say? It. Give me one. Give me one. Well, I don't remember. I was talking about one, a show being dumb. Like a show being super bad and just like, yeah. Like when I get mad and I talk about Hamilton mean, I yeah. did that with like four cartoons. I was like, look, come on, bring it, oh, nerds. Bring it, nerds. Sometimes I, you I just do it for the reaction. I, I try I talk shit about Star Wars. That's what I did. I said that's weird because you love you I love, love Star using Wars, Star Wars. I mean, oh yeah, because I was talking about the Mandalorian being mm. the first the first season being shit. Oh, you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know how I feel. Get on there, you can fight with me there. Um <laughs> One last thing. I don't want to end it on something sad. Um, yeah. I just want to end it because I think it's very funny in its own way is that um, Will Forte feels really bad about the jokes that he did on Man on, uh, Last Man on Earth because it was all based around a, a pandemic. That's how the world ended. And mm-hmm. he feels really bad now that he wrote all those jokes that, that actually came to be. Uh, he's supposed to know. I know, but he's he still feels guilty. Prophetic, that's all. Yeah, it's just, just, just prophetic. Yeah. Well, he's got to feel bad for it. That must be, Will Forte must be a nice guy. He's, yeah, he's a very nice guy. I met him at Largo a couple times when he did some stuff with the Sklars, and he's he must like, be so nice, the nicest, the nicest. And you know what? By the way, to all our stuck at homies, before we go, you know, on Fridays we now only do our show stuck at home on stereo. So that is another reason because it's exclusive now, just on stereo on Fridays. Am I correct in saying that, Jason? Stereo until I can figure out how to make it work on stream on both of them. It is going to be just there, but um, yes. Okay, so then until Wednesday when we get to. Have some more Dickinson. I say to all of you. Hey, Cliff, you want some more dick? I heard it. I heard it. (laughs) Jason, I heard it. So on that note. Uh, Have a big, happy bowl of dick. Big bowl of dick. (laughs) Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you. Talk to you later, everybody.